for a message this morning as I think about after church here probably. A lot of times it happens at our church anyway. You'll see children running around after church, following each other around, doing what children do, playing. And you've probably done it as well. Play follow the leader or Simon says, and you do what you were told to do or you do what the guy ahead of you does. They run, jump. Somebody says something funny, so you have to say something funny. And, uh, you know, they, they mimic the people that they're following. It's not just children that do that. Look at your adolescence. Look at your youth. I just mentioned about kind of looking up to Brother Jay uh, in my youth. Um, I, I really don't have an explanation for all that, Jay, but anyway, nothing personal here. But, um, but we, we do. We look up to those that are our peers and those that are older than us. It's just a natural thing to do, and I, I can't really explain all of it. And it's not just in the young people that do this. We as older ones do as well. We've got people that we look up to. We follow their example, and maybe not uh, you know, intentionally, but just kind of you know, even sometimes by default, we do what they do. We as older people uh, then in turn influence others. There's people that are looking at my life, and, I, uh, and as I was preparing for this message, <clears throat> I was reminded of my failures, my shortcomings, um, the influence maybe that I'm having on someone else, and I don't even know about it, may never know about it, <clears throat> but how well uh, do I do? You know, that's true in physical things and also in spiritual things. <clears throat> we look to people spiritually and follow their uh, direction uh, spiritually. My level of spirituality and my convictions, the things I stand up for, uh, they rub off on those that are around me, uh, whether I want them to or not. What kind of example do I set? Am I safe to follow? And that's the title of the message this morning, Am I Safe to Follow? <clears throat> And maybe you've had the experience before of um, being in a strange area, not knowing where you were going. Um, nowadays, give me the GPS address and I can punch it in my computer or my cell phone and I'll soon be there, right? Well, it ain't been that many years ago that we pulled out the old map and we looked at it. And if it didn't have a specific directions when we got to these smaller areas, Maybe we stopped and asked somebody. And uh, they would try to start to explain, well, hey, just follow me and I'll just take you over. It's not that far out of the way and we'll soon be there. It's no big deal to me. And so we agree and away we go. And it's not long and he's out of sight almost. And he's taking them corners a lot faster than what maybe I feel comfortable with. And, uh, you know, the reason he knows where he's going, I don't. He knows what's lies in the head, but I don't. But you start to think, is this guy safe to follow? That's a physical uh, illustration there. But are, am I safe to follow? 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 1, I would use this maybe as a theme verse this morning. I'm just going to reference this here in the beginning. But Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. In other words, follow my example like I'm following Christ, just like I imitate Christ. That's what I want you to do. And many times whenever I've read that verse, 
and thought about that verse, I'm thinking, I don't know, I, I kind of get the idea sometimes I would feel like, you know, look at me, follow me, do what I do. Uh, the focus is on me. But no, Paul is very clear there that it's the focus is on Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ, as I imitate Christ. You know, it sounds pretty uh, noble uh, to follow someone spiritually, you know, like a spiritual leader like Paul in that way, to follow him as he followed Christ. But as I was thinking about that verse more, <clears throat> I was challenged by the thought, what does that really look like today in my time? Am I really that kind of an individual that I could tell people to follow me as I follow Christ? And to me, it's sobering because how do I follow Christ? You know, if I'm on fire for God and, and I'm completely sold out to him, I love him and serve him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, you know, it might be okay to say that and to expect someone to follow me in that way. But what if I'm a little haphazard in my spiritual life? What if there's areas in my life that I don't really want somebody else to know about or some things that I do that or say that, are lacking, just not quite up to par. Can I truly say then, follow me as I follow Christ? Or is my example such that I really don't want people following exactly like I follow Christ because it's not as good as it could be or should be? <clears throat> so again, as I you know, give this message this morning, uh, I was first looking at myself and my own life and challenged by it myself, not just trying to pound any of you down with what I'm sharing this morning. <clears throat> Am I ashamed of Christ? Am I ashamed of the way I live my life? And as I was thinking about that, you know, as, as one of the church leaders, um, and you all that are church leaders here, uh, or in your respective congregation, there are people that look to you as a leader. Again, we talked about that in the natural sense, uh, physical sense, children and whatnot. But they look to you as one of the leaders in the church. Uh, what kind of direction are you giving, not just by what you say, but the way you live it? And to me, that was very challenging, you know, because these younger people, they look to us for those, uh, that direction. They look to us as the church leaders. Now, I, I can't speak for the older ones because... Um, I don't know where they're at. I know where I'm at in life, 50 small, and you know there's people younger than me that I expect probably they're looking up to me as an example, uh, as a church leader now I'm talking about. But how about the older people, people that are old enough to be my dad, you know, or, or mom? You know, how do they look to me as a church leader as an example? And again, in my <clears throat> way of thinking. You know, they expect when they come here Sunday morning, they're going to be fed from the word, from the uh, ones bringing the message or teaching Sunday school class, whatever. So, you know, they're looking to us for some uh, spiritual food there. Also, uh, you know, as a father, whenever I see my children or know my children or hear my children doing things that I've told them to do or I've taught them along the way, and um, maybe you hear some feedback from somebody says, you know, Johnny's doing thus and so, and well, maybe some of what I taught is sticking, you know, comes to your mind. Um, you know, you can be encouraged whenever you see your children following in your footsteps, being faithful to the Lord. Well, maybe these 
older brothers and sisters here this morning uh, look to you church leaders and say, well, uh, you know, maybe some of the things that we've taught in the past are sticking. And it is, it is bearing fruit, and it's bearing good fruit. Um, they are faithful, so it can be an encouragement to them as well. So how well do we measure up? Do we have room to grow? And the obvious answer to that uh, is yes, at least I do. I have a lot of room to grow in my life as a leader. But then I'm also, and I think about that, I'm also really challenged by uh, the influence that I can have on those that are under me, both as a church leader and as a father. Um, What direction is my life headed? What direction is the life of my family, life of the church that I'm associated with? Because of the uh, way I live, uh, which direction are they going to take? Is my life the way I'm living today, or you as a uh, leader, as a father, is that a prediction then of what the future of this congregation is going to look like? You think about that just a minute. Um, Maybe it makes you feel a little uncomfortable. I know whenever I think about that, I have to think about, you know, again, my failures and so forth. Um, So which direction do I really want the future of this congregation or your respective congregation to go? Now, again, I was talking there mainly to uh, the church leaders, but as fathers, as mothers, again, I think the same is true there as well. Am I, are you, safe to follow? You know, you may not be a church leader, but you still have an influence. What about you and your influence, the people that you associate with, the people you come in contact with on a daily basis at the job site or whatever it might be in the grocery store? What kind of an influence are you for them? <clears throat> do they look, if they do look to you maybe as an example of a Christian, what kind of an example do they see? There's a lot of questions I had as I went through here, uh, this study and all, that I don't really plan to answer this morning, but just want us to think about and ponder in our own hearts, where are we at this morning? Well, we know that Paul was a good example. I'm sure he was human just like you and I and failed at times. We don't have a record of everything in his life, but uh, Paul was a good example. In different times throughout Scripture, he challenged the churches and, and individuals to follow his example, follow the things that he did. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. <clears throat> I'd like to read a few verses here that Paul gave. Philippians chapter 3, starting with verse 17. Philippians 3, 17. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk, so as ye have us for an example. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Down to verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. 
and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Here Paul's uh, challenging them with the example that he was trying to portray and, and set before them. But he warned them that there were people out there, and maybe even within the church, that uh, did not walk as he did. They were carnal. And you see that there in verses 18 and 19. <clears throat> he calls them the enemies of the cross of Christ. They were totally against, really, uh, deep down in, what they were supposed to be standing for. They are individuals that were looking for self-praise, self-glory. Look at me, follow me, do as I do, uh, give me money. Um, beware of those kind of individuals. They're selfish, beware of them. He brings out there in verse 20, he says, Our conversation is in heaven. Or, another word to uh, put in there, our citizenship. That's where we're headed for. Heaven is our goal. That's the direction we are uh, headed. That's what we have in mind. So if that's our goal, if heaven is our goal, how do we live here on earth? How do our lives look if, we're, uh, if, if that's our citizenship? <clears throat> that's a challenge that, was, uh, that I had as I looked at that. Our lives need to reflect that goal of heaven. But in order to obtain that goal of heaven, we need to stand fast, as he says there in uh, chapter 1 and verse 4. So stand fast in the Lord to be able to obtain that goal. We need to rejoice in the Lord. We need to let our light shine bright to all men. We need to be prayer warriors. We need to be thankful people. And I believe if we do this, we can claim that promise that's there in verse 7. Peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So we have a promise there. If we do our part, God will do his part as well. <clears throat> I think we need to meditate and uh, think about these things there in verse 8, chapter 4. Things that are true, lovely, honest, pure, good report, and so forth. Those are things that we need to think about in our own lives and try to portray those things in our lives. And again, there in uh, verse 9 of chapter 4, Paul again points to his own example. <clears throat> but notice a couple words that he uses there. Those things which you have learned, received, heard, and seen in me do. They're all active things. It's not just the things that he said. Seen, heard, uh, learned, and received. So there's a lot of things that we're doing and saying that people are catching more so than what we're just talking to them. <clears throat> Things that we are, uh, you know, saying, uh, they're passed on, or the good that we're doing is passed on not only by word, but also by our actions or how we live our lives. <clears throat> how can we improve on that kind of an example to others? Paul gave... Titus and Timothy, uh, some instructions and pointers on how to live a life that could be followed by other people, 
uh, with God's help and approval. We want to look at a little bit of that this morning. Most of the time we look at these uh, passages and we say, well, that's for preachers. Um, and it is, but I think it's for all of us. Let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. <clears throat> Second Timothy chapter 1, verses 8 through 14. Paul here tells Timothy, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me, in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus." That good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. <clears throat> As I was reading this, I was challenged by Paul's testimony and his desire for Timothy to not be ashamed, not be ashamed of him, uh, Paul, the apostle, even though he was in bonds, not to be ashamed because he was, uh, Timothy considered himself and called himself a Christian. We too are not to be ashamed. Paul wasn't ashamed. He says that, I'm not ashamed, and we shouldn't be either. So often it's easy for us, at least I speak for myself anyway, to whenever we're in public, uh, not to want to make any waves, shake anything up, uh, maybe not even bow our heads and, and uh, pray very long before we eat at a restaurant or whatever. Um, but So are we, are we practically ashamed of Christ at times? We shouldn't be. But Paul here, he knew whom he trusted in. He had full confidence in Christ. He was convinced beyond any doubt that Christ could keep him. We can have that same confidence this morning. I'm convinced. <clears throat> A couple of verses later here, uh, 2 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 3. Paul also tells Timothy, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Paul again is encouraging Timothy to be faithful, to teach others to be faithful. Now, that's our responsibility uh, today as fathers, as church leaders. We teach the next generation so that they can then be faithful to the Lord and teach others uh, in future generations. So for us, the challenge today is to serve the Lord faithfully so that future generations would also want to serve the Lord faithfully. They look at our example and they see that, you know, whenever we fail, we do something about it. They see that whenever we say something, that's what we mean. Uh, we believe and practice the things that we teach. <clears throat> Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy 4, verses 12 through 16. Paul again here is addressing Timothy, and it's believed he was quite a bit younger than Paul, a young leader in the church, and maybe feels like 
I do sometimes, maybe some of you all do as well, that I'm pretty young and inexperienced and have a lot of room to grow and who needs to listen to me. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by, the, by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and then they hear thee. Can you be challenged by those verses this morning? I have been. <clears throat> like I say, we may feel young and inexperienced, but we're still called to be an example of the believers. <clears throat> See, if I want the Church of Jesus Christ to grow and uh, continue, I need to do my part and be faithful, being a good example for someone else to follow. What's my speech like there in verse, uh, the last part of uh, verse 12? <clears throat> the example in, in word, you know, our speech. How do I conduct myself? How loving am I? What's my spiritual life like? Am I faithful? What's my thought life like? Is it pure? What do I read? Do I read good books or God's book? The book. <clears throat> Am I totally consecrated to Jesus Christ? Verses 15 and 16, I want to uh, read again. And then I want to read what, uh, how it says it, for the most part, out of the NIV. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. NIV reads like this, Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them. In other words, it's something that takes effort and a lot of effort. And I think it's also accomplished only by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And another thing is how, we, uh, how much we read and listen to Scripture. I was uh, on the phone with my brother Wilmer uh, week four last he had called me, and I think he was just trying to kill some time, keep himself awake, but he was driving the SMI, SMBI bus on their tour, and uh, we chatted a little bit, and, and uh, I'm not sure something was said about me needing to preach, and I'm not sure what all, and he said that he was uh, himself preparing for a series of messages, revivals, I think, coming up in March, and uh, he said just yesterday, whatever day I was speaking to him, they, wherever they were driving from, Indiana, across somewhere, I think. He said, I, uh, he said, I listen to a lot of audio scripture whenever I'm traveling. He said, a lot of it. I do it a lot. And uh, he said, you know, just yesterday, he said, I listened to the whole book of uh, St. John uh, on audio. And he said, and then I listened to the whole book of Mark on audio. Now, you know, he had time that day. I don't often get those kind of long stretches of time. And uh, maybe you do. Maybe you've got opportunity um, to, you know, listen to God's word in that way. I don't think it takes should take the place of actually sitting down with his word and reading it. But uh, he made a comment then, too, something about it's just so important for us to just uh, fill ourselves and allow ourselves to be, uh, you know, infilled with God's word. 
or, you know, just a, a lot of it uh, if we want to be spiritually strong. And I think that's a lot of truth to that. Titus chapter 2. I'd like to read verses 1 through 10. You know, as I look over the congregation this morning, uh, there's older ones, there's younger ones, older men and women, younger men and women, children, youth, pretty diverse. This passage here talks about how that the uh, older teach the younger. Titus 2, verses 1 through 10, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given too much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded, in all things showing thyself a pattern of good works, in doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters, and to please them well in all things, not answering again, not purloining, but showing all good fidelity, that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. I don't know where you classify yourself whenever you, we were reading that passage. Aged, younger, youth, whatever. But there's responsibility for each one, no matter what age group you might fall in this morning. I believe these here are practical ways that we teach by word and action. <clears throat> but notice there in verses 2 and 3, how that, as I look at that anyway, it says our lives must portray these qualities in order for us to, uh, you know, to be able to teach it. We have to uh, have that in our lives. It has to be who we are. It has to be part of us before we can effectively teach. I was listening to a uh, podcast from the Bank Mennonite Church in Harrisonburg, Virginia, uh, just this week. Last Sunday, uh, Brother Philip Wanger preached the message there, and uh, his message was something about uh, New Testament shepherd and so forth. But he made a statement in the uh, middle of his message there uh, that really, that really hit me. I really appreciated it and thought it was so good. Um, but this is what he said. He said, God requires his messengers to model the message they preach. God requires his messengers to model the message they preach. You know, as I stand here this morning, I can tell you all this, but if I don't really model, if it's not part of my life, um, it's going to be ineffective. You know, we've heard it said that more is caught than taught, and there's a lot of truth to that. Our speech and our actions must agree. <clears throat> I don't know uh, all the circumstances about it, but just the other week, uh, my wife had someone call from over Honey Pass, South Carolina, about a puppy. They were interested in buying a puppy off of us, 
she gave them all the details and this and that, and they talked, and finally they decided they're coming to pick out a puppy. They didn't know which one, but they were going to come and pick out a puppy. So they got there, and uh, I wasn't there at the time, and my wife told me this. When they, they got there, uh, my wife walked out to greet them like she normally does, and uh, there was a man and I think two children with him. With him. And uh, they proceeded to look at the dogs and decided which pup they wanted. And somewhere in the course of conversation, uh, he told my wife, he said, whenever you walked out the door, he said, I, told my, I turned around and told my children, he said, we're going to get a puppy here. So we've been looking for quite a while for a puppy, and uh, we're going we're gonna to get one here. So, you know, why, why is that? You know, why, why did you say that? And uh, he's like, well, you're Mennonite, aren't you? Um, he said, well, we're from over in Honey Pass, South Carolina, which she knew that, and, you know, we've got some dealings with some of the Mennonites there. In fact, we've been in some of their churches for special occasions. Okay. He said, I knew whenever you walked out, this is where we were going to get our puppy. Now, I don't know, I have no idea who he is associated with over there. Um, my wife told me, yeah, we know some of the people over there. Well, I figured you did. Um, I don't know what he's observed, what he's heard, what teaching maybe he might have gotten. Um, but there was something, I could only assume that there was something there that those uh, individuals, those folks over there, have made an impression of some kind on that man's life. That, uh, I, again, I'm assuming that he thinks Mennonite uh, honesty, integrity, truthfulness, uh, again, I'm assuming all this here kind of goes together, and so here's somebody that's like that, and so I can be sure that I'm getting what I'm looking for. Those individuals had no idea that they maybe helped us sell a puppy. Uh, I mean, that's kind of a bad illustration maybe in some ways, but um, so how much influence are we having as an individual, as a congregation here, on somebody that we have no idea who might reap the benefits from it? See, if we say one thing and uh, do another, we're living a double, double standard. That turns people off. We're giving mixed signals. causes confusion. James 1 and verse 8 says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. How can you trust him? You can't. Some of what we've been talking about here so far this morning, we're thinking about how others view us and... Uh, you know, what do they say about us? How impressed are they with us? But as I was thinking about this message, I also thought about, you know, our Sunday school lessons here. We've been talking about Job. But the thought came to me, what does God say about my example? Or yours this morning. Put yourself in the same shoes. Ask yourself the same question. What does God say about your example? Would God say of you as he did of, of Job, there is a perfect and an upright man or woman? One that fears God and eschewed evil. He still holds fast his integrity, even though he faced adversity for no reason. In my words, does that describe you and me this morning? Can God say that about us this morning? Would God say there is an individual you can imitate because he imitates me? I believe if we're living out the things we're teaching and following God with all of our hearts, soul, mind, and strength, then we too can say uh, unashamedly with the Apostle Paul, follow me as I follow Christ. 
Let's be people of integrity. Are you, am I safe to follow this morning? Well, I sure hope we are. I hope we can be. We can be with God's help and God's strength. If not, if we know that as we think about some of these things this morning, if we think about that there's areas that we need to improve in, let's make the necessary changes we need to so that we can be that kind of example that someone else can follow safely. I think if we are faithful, as we ought to be, we'll too then one day hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. In conclusion, I'd like to read the words of a very familiar song. It's not in your hymn books that I'm aware of. It's entitled, Somebody Follows You. And I'm going to be emphasizing several verses or words and phrases. But just think about the words of this song as I uh, read the words. Brother, along on the highway of life, strive to be good and true. It's taken effort. Strive to be good and true. Take Jesus with you to aid in the strife. We can't do it on our own. We have to have Christ helping us. Take Jesus with you to aid in the strife. Somebody follows you. Second verse. Little you think when you turn from the right. You know, we may deviate sometimes, do something we shouldn't. Um... And we don't think about the influence that may be having on someone else. Somebody else might be observing that and taking their cues from it. Say, well, if it's not important for him, it's not important for me. If he can do it, I can too. Little you think when you turn from the right. Who sees the things you do? But others watching you by day and night. Somebody follows you. So there are other people that are watching us. Verse 3. Never forget... Never forget that the Lord keeps his own. That's a promise, again, that we can hold to. We talked about that there in Philippians. Never forget that the Lord keeps his own. So to his word be true. Many are longing the way to be shown. Oh, let them follow you. Somebody follows you, watching the things you do. Walk in the light. Be pure in his sight. Somebody follows you.